1: Connecting to the big show. In three, 20, two,
2: two, two, one
1: complex, providing young people with the knowledge and the tools they need to stay safe on the road.
2: Go down to your child's school and the teachers have tattoos and piercings in the bank, anywhere you go. Restaurants are not making
3: vast profits. We pay our suppliers, staff and we pay our bills and there's very little left out of that. Join the conversation
1: Call 0818 Extra WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with people COX96 Coogan Ah, we were
4: gutted Gutted was the only word for it Saturday night And it could have gone either way At the last death Oh my goodness me what a, But what a weekend And last night, for goodness sake Was that not the best game of rugby France and in South Africa The best game of rugby we've seen In how long? It was just stunning great entertainment and thank you to the lads for the entertainment they provided us over the last few weeks they'll be back there's the Six Nations to come and there will be in four years time we'll be getting up for breakfast to watch the, the Rugby World Cup there'll be no getting into pubs at six in the evening and staying there till whenever time next time it's in Australia we'll be getting up at some stupid hour of the morning I think the last time that the World Cup was in Australia, I got up one morning at half past five to watch a rugby match. My my, my wife still hasn't got her head around why that happened. But anyway, good morning to you. 0818 96 96 96, The number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 email. Opinion at 96 of M Yes, that first try by the way, the first New Zealand try there was a forward pass in there I'm almost certain of it, my daughter sent me a a TikTok video yesterday morning where they'd slowed it down, it was it was, but there was a forward pass there but look, it is what it is what it is much more happened over the weekend Uh, and also you'll have heard in news that Virgin Media uh, are doing a special week of uh, road traffic awareness uh, reports and I will get to that in a few minutes, but of course, all eyes were focused when we left here on Friday, and throughout Friday evening and into Saturday morning, all eyes focused on East Cork and on Yawl and the appearance in court of Richard Satchwell. He appeared before a special sitting of Cashel District Court. People asking why, why they took him up there, and a couple of things going on. You could be looking at the availability of a judge, but also y'all would come into Cashel's District when it comes to special courts. That That's that's why that happened. But uh, Richard Satchwell brought before a special sitting of Cashel District Court Saturday morning, charged with the murder of his wife, Tina. And we'll take it up again with uh, Southern correspondent of Virgin Media News, Paul Bourne. Um, special sitting, Paul, Saturday morning, go through what happened for me. Good morning to you.
5: Good morning p j. Um, yes, Richard Satchwell arrived in the back of an unmarked uh, garda Jeep just around uh, after ten o 'clock on Saturday morning. The area was cordoned off uh, quite a lot of number of uh, quite a large number of people from the public uh, outside the cordon looking to see what was going on. A very large media presence as well awaiting the arrival of Mr. satchwell. Um, he arrived he was escorted into the courthouse by two detectives uh he kept his head down and bowed all the way from the the walk from the unmarked guard the jeep to the courtroom, he was met at the door by his solicitor, Eddie Burke, who has been with him throughout the period of questioning. He then was led into the courtroom, sat down uh, alongside a detective, and then uh, solicitor Eddie Burke uh, took uh, a seat alongside him. They chatted um, somewhat, I suppose, in private. Um, You know, they were just whispering to one another, I suppose he was uh, explaining the process of the court to his client. Um, Detective Garda David Kelleher then took to the witness stand and gave evidence of arrest, charge and caution. Remember, Richard Satchwell had been arrested in Yall on Thursday morning as he sat at a bus shelter. And he was then taken to Cove the station where he was questioned until late on Friday evening, just around up until half eight. And he was then charged Friday night. So Detective Garda David Kelleher then gave evidence of uh, arresting him at Cove the station again and charging him with the murder of Tina Satchwell. Uh, the guard said when he put the charge of murder to Richard Satchwell, Satchwell replied, guilty or not guilty, guilty.
4: Um, now, this was in the Garda is, station, Paul. This was not in court. That's right. Yes, yes.
5: No, this was the reply that Richard will gave to guards in the Garda station when the charge of murder was put okay. to be said, guilty, and not guilty, guilty. Those were the three words. Now, that is just, was relayed then in the district court. Uh, this is, that was just the evidence in relation to the charge. So, after that, this is a listener, Eddie Burke, or sorry, the Garda then applied to have him remanded in custody. That is the norm anyway, at a a murder charge, because the district court cannot grant bail because of the seriousness of the charge. If Satchwell wants to apply for bail, that will have to be done in the High Court at a later date. So the judge agreed to have him remanded in custody. And Solicitor Eddie Burke then stood up and said that he was representing Satchwell and that he was, first of all, he said his client is not working, therefore he applied for free legal aid. He also said that um, if his client client should receive any medical attention that he may require while in custody, and he also uh, made an application that his client would be remanded to Cork prison rather than Limerick prison. Now, the judge at that stage said she had no authority uh, to, to grant such an application and any such a- application would have to be made to the prison and the prison governors would have to agree on whether he should be housed uh, temporarily in Cork or Limerick. So at the moment he's in Limerick prison but I'm sure his solicitor will again try to have him moved to, yeah. um, to Cork. During the hearing Satchwell sat uh, throughout the four minute hearing, his head bowed uh, he was uh, adjusting his glasses from time to time He didn't um, appear to look around. Now, Tina Satchwell's first cousin, Sarah Howard, was in court, accompanied by a friend. She was visibly upset throughout the hearing, and she could at times be seen looking over towards Satchwell during the hearing. There was a friend um, of Satchwell's in court who travels there, and um, they just looked at one another uh, at one stage during the hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it lasted four minutes. He was then escorted from the courthouse to an awaiting prison van, or Garda van, and then taken to Limerick Prison. Basically, he's now on remand, and he's due back to appear in court again via video link in Clanmel District Court tomorrow at half past ten. Okay. Now, In a charge like this, this case will come and go before the district court on numerous occasions until there is a trial at the the central criminal court. So people will be wondering what's happening. Basically, in a nutshell, Richard Satchwell will appear and appear and appear at the district court, possibly for the next 12 months, two years, until a date is set for the trial at the Central Criminal
4: Court okay. Could you just move a little bit there Paul because you're, you Sorry. seem to be you just a little bit of distortion on your line it's a small bit a bit crunchy right. good man that's great thanks yeah it'll be the Central Criminal Court where this will go before in, in the fullness of time and, and yeah, people will hear his name come up remand after remand after remand after remand he may or may not apply for bail we don't know that yet but it could take many months before this goes before a, before a trial judge
5: Yes, the wheels of justice turn very slowly. So we could be talking 12 months, two years, and who knows. But Gardaí are preparing, as we speak, I suppose, the Book of Evidence. You hear about that in court cases. Um, this will be a very um, large book with documentation that will be um, cross-referenced. And once it's completed, the book will then be served on Richard Satchwell. Mm-hmm. Once they have the Book of Evidence completed they will then try and try and find uh, a, a court date and again that's in the in the hands of God at the moment, really. When when that will be,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like you said, the, the 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 wheels of justice grind slowly. There there is a certain amount of time in which the guides must produce the book of evidence, but that that again is is a couple of months to say the least. Paul, thank you for that. Now be, before um, I let you go, you've got a unique series of reports coming up on Virgin Media News over the next few nights. We've had a tragic weekend on the road. Five people dead. Uh, is it three of them in Monster alone?
5: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely shocking. Weekend after weekend, day after day, we hear about the fatalities on the roads. And, um, you know, there was a period of time when the numbers were starting to come down. But unfortunately, I think um, complacency is setting back in and the numbers are creeping back up. And remember, behind every fatality, there's a grieving family. Somebody out there, today now following the five fatalities across the roads, five families are preparing to bury their loved ones. Their loved ones set off on a, on a day, in morning, and afternoon, whatever the case would be, and five people didn't come home to their families. It's absolutely heartbreaking to think it's, it's so, so painful. And, you know, PJ, we've covered and you've covered and we all have covered fatalities over the years. And we hear of figures, today now again, five lives have been lost. And I think it brings it to something like 146 lives in the first half of this year or, or so. A 149,
4: but, I think, is the number this morning. Father,
5: 149, is saying, it? Yeah. PJ, I, I honestly, I've been thinking of late myself, just like, because I'm covering it for years and years. The, the number of 149, 149 lives, people will go, Jesus, that's that. that like, at times, it's the population of a small village in rural Ireland. You can just imagine 149 locals wiped out in an instance. But It goes in one ear and out the other, I think, after five minutes, people forget that number. It means nothing. So I said, look, I would just go away and I would talk to the emergency services and families who've lost loved ones. And without being graphic, but it has to be hard-hitting. And, you know, the emergency services are the people who they are, they, they face the carnage on a daily basis. And we went to a school in Formoy who are campaigning and really, really campaigning long and hard now at the moment. They've written to the Minister for Education on numerous occasions, to the Taoiseach. They want compulsory, uh, they want road safety lessons as a compulsory part of the curriculum. They believe it's every bit as important as history and geography or mathematics Mm -hmm. because, look, they can go out there and they can get a licence at 16 years of age when they're still in school. And the people involved in accidents come from all ages, but you've got to teach them young, I think. And the school, St. Coleman's College in Formoy, there's a teacher, Claire McCarthy. She's like a dog with a bone. She won't let this go until the, the, the minister or the, whoever that is in place at the time, the legisl, legislators, legislators, will make Road safety, a, a, a part of the curriculum, and I, I, I think it's a it's a great idea. And then we speak to the emergency services, the fire brigade, the guards, the ambulance service. They're out there and they're painting a, and they're painting a picture of what they see. Mm-hmm. And we spoke to um, Christine Donnelly, who we've spoken to many many times over the years, who's lost a twenty four year old son Brendan himself and his friend uh, and two girls they were going to Cork Airport in two thousand and nine when. The two boys lost their lives in a a fatal crash. They were hit by a drinking drug, uh, drugged up driver. And the driver got five years resulting uh, following the deaths of the two men. And Christina campaigned long and hard for changes in legislation. She said anybody involved in a fatal crash where drinking drugs are involved should have their license taken off them until the court case comes up and she was very successful it took a long time for her to get her campaign um, to, for her campaign to succeed but she did so but she spells it out you know every Christmas that chair is empty around the table two hours after he died or a few hours after he died her son Brendan she was in the morgue identifying his body mm-hmm. and as she was doing so his name was being called out at Cork airport because his, he, he they were calling him as the last passenger for his flight to Amsterdam oh god so you know, just, just it, that is absolutely frightening. Well, he should be in an Amsterdam. He was on a slab in the morgue at Cork University Hospital, yeah, because of the reckless, dangerous, dangerous driving of a young man who had drink and drugs on board. And I'm not saying anything that wasn't said in court. So, so no, you're right. you're right. That, that's yeah. all. That man was sentenced to five years, and he was out after a wet week. Mm. He had two lives. He got five years. And then we spoke to Mary Coleman. Whose son Connor was just 15 in 2001. Connor and his pals Paul O'Donoghue was 22. He was driving the car, and his other two friends. There were twins, Kean and Gavin O'Sullivan. They were also 15. And it's only Cork you'll hear this because Kean and Gavin O'Sullivan and Connor Coleman, they were known as the three twins. They were, It's a, I thought it was funny, and they laughed at mm-hmm. they were known locally as the three twins. They were like they were like triplets, more or less. They were handsome young guys, and you see a photograph of the little boys, and that's all they were. Fifteen years of age, They were there were babies in my mind. I'm fifty eight, so at that age, like they're they're only kids starting off. Mm-hmm. Those boys today should be married with children, and you know have ha- letting their parents look after the grandchildren. But unfortunately, Connor Coleman's mum. At the time, following the accident, she's told us on the news, and you'll see this this morning or this afternoon or this evening. A couple of days later, she had to go out and pick out a coffin. And she had to, she had to purchase a grave for her boy, for her yeah. baby at 15 years of age. And the crash that they were involved in, the four of them were killed instantly. They hit another car where a couple in their 60s were killed so six people were killed in that crash in 2021 the the boys came from durandjoro in kinsale and the crash happened in ballinhassig paul they were they were he, paul was returning a car to a rental company at the cork airport and it was like six lives lost again in a flash in the blink of an eye so the guards and the emergency services um and the, the ambulance service and the fire brigade and all these parents have come on board and it's I won't say it's no barred reports because we have to be somewhat sensitive, but they' they're telling it from their heart and what they see. Mm. And again, if one person sits up and takes note, and then I think the whole series will have been worth it. Okay.
4: Paul, well, look forward to to seeing that series of reports on Virgin Media News over the next uh, few nights. Just if we may for a second, Paul, return to the yes. actual case and and you and I are both around the the block a few years. Can we appeal to people, because I was watching it on social media the weekend, and would you back me up here, appeal to people, now that he is before the courts and the judicial process is underway, could we appeal to people to be careful with their words on social media?
5: Be very careful, be very careful, because legal people look for anything that can help a trial to collapse or, you know, to, to to make it easier on on their client in court. Just, I, I won't say too much because, look, it's, it is before exactly. the court. But please, people, if you are going on social media, don't say anything um, that could jeopardise a case. Um, honestly, be very careful. Think before you uh, post. Honestly, it, it that's all I can say in that. Yeah. Just be extremely careful. And PJ, finally, there's a vigil. There was a vigil on the Mal Beach on Saturday afternoon. Uh, lots of people attended that, and there was a good turnout, and people prayed for Tina. And there's another vigil tonight in her native Froy in the town park at six o'clock. Hundreds of people are expected to gather um, to remember Tina, who like grew up in Fermoy and walked around that park uh, for so many years and also was never seen without her dogs, uh, Ruby and uh, Heidi. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where she was always seen with the, with the dogs. They were her babies and she's going to be, she um, they should be remembered until they yep.
4: All right, your line is about to give up on us. Paul, thank you very much for that and indeed for your coverage of this actual case over the last number of days. It's been exemplary, thank you. Uh, Paul Bourne of Virgin Media News and indeed of this programme from time to time. But look forward to those um, special reports on road safety and what happens afterwards, what happens after a fatal accident. We move on to the next news story. But the families. Can never move on And just the figure of 149 That's 100, here's a little sobering thought 149 People now dead on our roads So far this year And my god it is only The 16th of October um, If you take it That pretty much every one of us Knows 10 people Would be fairly close to 10 people Family Friends Long time colleagues There'd be ten people in every one of our lives, so 149 by 10 is 1,500 people who this year have had to endure hurt like they've never hurt before. Think about it that way. I'm look forward to seeing Paul's series of reports on Virgin Media News. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Kate says I think speed coming up. Is the is the big problem? You see people coming up to pedestrian crossings, and they're travelling so fast they don't make the change of lights, and they crash through the the lights. It's really bad at school run times in certain areas. In some places on the continent, they're making the roads really narrow, in places like that. So pedestrian p- people have to slow down. It's time for us to consider something like that. And in Germany, says Kate, they have traffic lights that will stay green all the way through if you travel at the speed limit, but if you break the limit, you get red lights. Crikey, that's... I've not heard of that before. Thanks, Kate. Another caller, what drivers forget is that pedestrians have rights to, have concerns to, are distracted to, but the difference is that they're in charge of a very large vehicle, so they have to be more careful. Well, caller, you're right. You are right, but the law is very clear. My, my, My wife works in a position which requires her to quote law to people from time to time and she always says, the law is very clear the law is very clear, if you're involved in an incident with a pedestrian and you are driving, you are always in the wrong so the law is there to protect the pedestrian that's, that's that's a truth. 0818 96, 96,
1: 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie Fox 96 FM here at Corks 96FM, we're celebrating our five Imro Radio Awards. Imro Radio Awards. This is the number one champion sound. PJ Coogan got gold for Speech Broadcaster of the Year Local Regional. Simon Murdoch won gold for Radio DJ of the Year. And Radiothon got gold for Community Social Action. We picked up silver for Music Station of the Year. And bronze for Station Imaging. Thanks for listening. From your Imro Award-winning station.
4: Corks 96FM. Um. Turning to the Tina Satchwell story, there will be a vigil for her tonight in Formoy in the town park at 6 o'clock. Uh, local councillor Noel McCarthy joins me. Noel, the town devastated at the, uh, you know, the events of the last few days, but there is some closure there also for Tina's friends and loved ones. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes, PJ, as you said, yourself, there
6: is some closure. It's a very, very sad time for for, um, Tina's family and all the people in Famoy. So the community wanted to come together. I got phone calls on Thursday and Friday, and other people did as well. To know, could we do something to remember Tina's life? And we we said we'd have a visual tonight at 6 o'clock in the town park, and hopefully people will come along and be able to pay their respects And the town park was a very special place for Tina as well because that was a location where she walked her dogs on a a very regular basis, PJ. So that's why the the town park was picked. So I think that's a good thing as well to remember Tina in a place that she loved bringing her dogs there.
4: She would regularly bring the dogs there, wouldn't she, and walk them, yeah.
6: Yes, and, and that's what people, a lot of people in the town remember Tina. If you mentioned Tina's name all over the last few years when this this event was going, ongoing, they'd always say, Oh, we met we used to see Tina walking in the town, in the town park, other locations, and always had a nice, friendly hello to people. And people remember like that. Mm. And that's what people in Famoy and surrounding areas remember Tina. And we also want to sow solidarity with her family, her loved ones, her friends at this very difficult time. So that's what we wanted to do this evening in my because Formoy is a great community, like other communities, when the difficult times happen, like this event has happened.
4: Indeed, indeed. And so, she was she was known, well, I see in social media posts at the weekend, no, she was known for her positivity, and her approach to life was always keep it positive, always keep smiling, always be happy. And she, she exuded joy, I think is what some people were saying over the weekend. Yes,
6: I I I knew Tina. Just like got a people to say a lot, and always they say friendly. But people that knew her well, that's the way they would describe her. Always friendly, always had a great attitude, and always smiling. Pj, that was another thing that came across. Mm-hmm. Smiling, Lo- loved her dogs. Like you could, everyone knew that. I had always two dogs with her, if not definitely one, but sometimes two. And love to say hello and love to uh, interacting with people. And that was a nice way that I think the people of Famoy and surrounding years will remember Tina in her hometown. Mm. And 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 especially her neighbours in St Bernard's Place in Famoy and her neighbours in Lehmer Gara Place, where she lived for a good period of time before she moved to Yale. Mm. And, and Famoy is, is really thinking of all them to, today. That's why the visual tonight is so, it's so uh, it gives people the opportunity to pay respect to Tina. Mm. At this for and uh, our life, so it's I think the the people that have organized it deserve a lot of credit because they put a lot of effort into trying to to help people to show their um you know to, their support to the family, and that's what uh, this what this video
4: will do tonight. Paul do was tonight reporting on, on Friday, Noel that her two her two dogs, one of them died. A year or two ago, the other is still, is still around and is now going to be fostered by, by the, one of the welfare groups, which is great. I just had a thought here, and I, I don't know how the organisers or would, local councillors would feel about this, but because of the time she used to spend there with her little dogs, if people brought their own little dogs on leads, it might add to the occasion tonight.
6: I think that's a very good idea, PJ. I must admit, I didn't think of that, but I think it's a very good idea that we could send that message out because I think Tina would love that. She had a great love of her dogs and her pets, and like people, as I say, remember Tina and think of her walking her dogs. So that's I think that'd be a lovely tribute if people did that. I, and I, and I will definitely pass that on to the organisers mm. to maybe put something up like that. I think that's a good idea. All
4: right. Yes. No. Thank you very much, Councillor Noel McCarthy. There's an idea. I just, it just came into my head. Monday morning, not much comes into my head that makes sense on a Monday, but that did. She used to love walking Ruby and Heidi in the town park in Fremoy. So what better way to pay tribute to her tonight if you're going to that vigil? If you have a little dog, bring your little dog on a lead. Make sure they're on a the lead, but bring your little dog on a lead tonight to that event in the town park in Formoy to remember the late Tina Satchel. 0818 96 96 96. On road safety <clears throat> on the phone it says pedestrians, the throat is a small little bit scratchy this morning lads. There was a bit of roaring done Saturday night so forgive me. <laughs> pedestrians should be required by law to wear high vis jackets and a light if they're out on the main road. It would help a lot and save some lives and prevent some bad injuries. The reason the road safety authorities aren't doing this is because there's no revenue in it, but it's very important. Okay? And you'd pick up a little high-vis in any motor factor shop. Or an awful lot of cars now come with a safety kit in the boot. If you open up the safety kit, there may even be a a high-vis jacket inside of it. And I I saw this ad. The the ads pop up on your social media at all times now. Saw this thing over the weekend. It's a clever idea. It's it's like a keyring, but it's got an LED beacon on it uh, that you can just hang off your belt. Be safe, be seen. Didn't they used to do that years ago? There was a campaign, a whole television campaign. Be safe, be seen. Thank you for that call. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. John in Cove. This morning I was on the Fota Road from Cove to Carricktool. There's a 60-kilometer limit. I was traveling close to that, and I was overtaken by two lorries and two cars on a continuous white line. People have no sense. Thank you, John.
1: Shine the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. 96 FM. You want the biggest hits? What about a bit of them? Um, real 90s. Beyond real. Other people be like, you want to hear your song? I'm like, yes. Love it. What a tune. You got them right here. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want new music. I want to hear that new soon. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy makes. On your smart speaker.
4: On your phone. And on your radio. Weeknights from 8. On Courts 96 FM. For now, our travel odyssey to Paris and back is over. Unless you plan on going over to watch the semi-finals and finals. um, Even without Ireland being in. But that's, uh, many people may have done that. But um, people will also be going off to Spain next week. Loads of people off to Spain for the Midterm break, holiday, or loads of other people going off tomorrow or the day after because the holiday is about thirty or forty percent cheaper, to say the least. If it's not cheaper again, than that. But two things you might bring back: one is a bed bug, which are now rampant in the UK. It would seem after coming over on the train, they came over on the Eurostar train in people's clothes and people's bags and all that. So there's a problem with. Bed bugs in the UK now, but you could also bring back a thing called Cryptosporidiosis What? PJ? Cryptosporidiosis It's a very nasty tummy bug and it is going high in Spain at the moment, particularly around Salu. Owen, Car- Owen Curry editor of Air and Travel magazine Owen, crypto has been around Spain for a long time, it used to be the thing you, that's why you didn't drink the tap water but this is the first serious outbreak in a few years, good morning
7: uh, good morning. Far from uh, crypto story, this is where you're CJ. Um, it's it's a, it's another of these stories that breaks out when the weather is conducive to the spread of it. And it was a little bit surprising that the HSE issued this big warning last week because it has always been there, as you say. And there are other things floating around, like we've had uh, increased norovirus on cruise ships. Uh, to 16 outbreaks uh, so far this year. So it does seem that there's a couple of things happening here worldwide that the bugs that we used to uh, be good at managing and um, are all, you know, they probably had a, a, a little bit of time during the pandemic to regroup and, and weren't probably being sprayed against uh, as. as Uh, often as they had been before a little bit like happened after the pandemic when all the children uh, actually went back into classrooms again they got all the the three years or the two years of stored up bugs so that seems to be happening a little bit in travel I wouldn't fret too much about it Mm. Um, the cases are very small the bed bug story is um, you know there was nothing new about bed bugs it's just that uh, it it became a thing because of the World Cup and it was particularly particularly concentrated in Paris whereas most other cities also have a similar problem and September is the month that they arise Mm. they cause you to scratch this one causes you to vomit Mm. it's
4: It's Spanish tummy is what we used to call Spanish tummy we used to call it Spanish tummy
7: yeah, Delhi Belly—it's coming to face it's names all over the world. Interestingly enough, um, Salou has a very bad name. It had a very bad incident in the early eighties, which almost wiped out tourism. it's a beautiful resort with loads of flights, including Cork um, to, Re- to um, Reyes Airport, so and um, Barcelona. But what's really um, yeah you know, what really fueled it up this summer was the very hot summer um It changed the uh, it, it just baked out the land obviously with a wildfire situation which which arose during July and august but uh, um the increased temperatures probably uh, contributed to the uh level of it and, but looking at the news reports. Um, you know, this is a big threat to holidaymakers. It's probably why the HSE responded with that statement last week. They said about a month, the last month, people coming back from the Med, particularly Solo, and they itemised Solo. But there's a reason they did that. It's our biggest. Um, if you look at the number of flights, it's the biggest inflow and outflow from Ireland mm. to a region. Where the the bug would be found, so it really isn't that 's a low problem it 's just that we have such traffic to and from the costa Dorada. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that um, they were probably they, they were saying it it's happened in the last month but it's probably a little bit earlier than that because some of the um, the, 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 the uh, gps were reporting uh it 's not going to kill anyone it's a it 's a bug and it 's very easily handled. Uh, the HSE picked out one of my favourite pieces of advice, or one of my standard pieces of advice, which is ice in your drink. It's the one everyone forgets about. They're always pagy about water and things like that, but ice in the drink. And uh, I was yes, going to pick you up on at at that, Owen. Local.
4: I Sorry? was going to pick you up on that, because if you see a little, and you will around Spain, you'll see trucks with Cubiton written on the side of it. It's factory ice. They don't make their own ice anymore, in the restaurants, It's factory ice in bags and you can buy it in supermarkets too. Surely that's safe enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine the factory
7: ice is the problem. I think probably the local, more local, smaller bar stuff is. Um, but it's not something. It is the one that everybody forgets about. Yeah. It's the one that, you know, you own. Make sure we don't drink uh, tap water and all of that stuff. Because people get, even in Ireland, people arriving in Ireland. All the makers in Ireland have got sick from tap water. Um, but they, they are careful about that. The washed vegetables is always an issue. You yeah. don't really know what's going on there. Uh, the cooked food is always uh, easy to, easier to monitor. It's not so much a problem in Spain. Really, for someone who travels, and a lot of Irish people have spent uh, a year with a, back, with a backpack uh, going around places where uh, food issues are much worse in Asia. And I wouldn't even compare what people are experiencing on a package holding your beach holiday in Spain with what uh, risks you face when yeah. you're travelling around. I think I, I came down with uh, yeah. cholera. I, I, I'm not absolutely certain with cholera, but sure it was see. so debilitating when I was in India once. Yeah. Uh, and you will hit something as serious as that. It, doesn't, it tends not to kill people. It tends... Uh, to kill local populations, the weak, the elderly, the young. And that's a really important part of this is that, you know, you'll get the HSE warning and you'll get the the headlines, particularly the likes of the Daily Mail. But go back to the local advice, the local health advice. Go into uh, the municipality of uh Salou, who are very, very pro-Irish period, the mayor comes to Ireland all the time, you think he was in Cork uh, Antonio Martan was in Cork last Thursday from Andalusia mm-hmm. so they're very conscious of their Irish uh, clientele and they look at the local health advice for people who live there and that really tends not to be a sensationalist as some of the headlines that we see coming across.
4: Mm. The minute HSE start issuing warnings people sort of get their Nick was in a twist about it. But it, it's it's not a new thing. It's it's not gonna like you said, if you're in good health, you'll feel a bit manky for a few days and, and then you'll be all right.
7: Yeah. The HSE dynamic is interesting because they they all they complain a lot when every time you meet them, you know, they complain about the level of publicity. They co the whole pandemic thing was that they were almost sidelined. Uh, and they don't know whether to give genuine advice, or to, you know, uh, you know, and downplay things, or to go for the headlines that land them in, particularly the websites. You know, the the 24-hour the channels, uh, news channels, and also what goes on with a lot of websites. So they're they're cagey all the time about publicity. But I do think there's been a change of policy that they are going to be. Uh, running with the warnings a little bit earlier than they would have in the past. And this is one of them.
4: All right. OK. Thanks, as always, to Owen Curry of Air and Travel, or Air and Travel Magazine. is the editor. And uh, thank you very much, Owen. Oh, one 18969696. There's a thing I did notice, though. If you were going to go to Spain, say, for the midterm break, so if you were going to head away next week, the cost compared to this week is just... Bananas, bananas. It's it. Look, it's the old economics of supply and demand. But it doesn't make it any easier when you're when you're when you're writing the check. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Actually, if you want a good laugh, right? If you want a really good laugh, and I'll find it later and I'll try and maybe share it on my socials. Billy Connolly, the great. Billy Connolly has a piece about not drinking the water on holidays and you will be picking yourself up off the floor it's one of his greatest moments in stand-up comedy uh, I've seen it a hundred times and it just reduces you to a mess every time it's just brilliant Billy Connolly drinking the water or don't drink the water look it up on YouTube and enjoy it's about six or seven minutes long it's about him going on holidays with his family it's just bananas it really is 081896 do you watch nature documentaries Um, and uh, I don't just mean the general ones now with Mr Attenborough and all those they've been cheating did you know that? BBC have admitted this they have been cheating on us Um, dramatising what we see Uh, Hamza Yassin who is a major documentary maker at the BBC has admitted that some of his wildlife scenes are faked excuse me, he's the guy by the way who won Strictly Come Dancing last year, he said some of his wildlife shows have been edited to make them more emotional for viewers and now they're calling in the next Attenborough um, he had a Birds of Prey documentary and he admitted that a few scenes in that were dramatised to get more emotion out of the viewer well, do You know what? I'm not at all surprised by that. I can imagine that Attenborough probably took a hundred takes of the one thing too, and they, they you know they moved them around a bit and take a better angle, take a better angle, take it again, take it again. Of course you are. you're going to make the best out of it. Let's look into that story, those portrait because he is he's good like he's a presenter and a photographer and a cameraman. He's got all sorts of different things, and he, <laughs> he um. He said they've been faking some scenes so that the listener would be more engaged. Oh, 0818 96 96 96. Would we do that? No. Oh, God, no. Oh, dear me, no. No, didn't do that. Rent. Do you see this? I saw this at the weekend and I tried to go back into it and open the link again and I couldn't. There's a house on daft.ie, a Cork house, to rent. It's a tiny two bedroom house. And it's 2,400 a month for a tiny two-bedroom house, like mad mad stuff. I was talking to an old friend Saturday night who was saying that his daughter is in an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, or one-bedroom apartment, and they're paying nearly 2,000 a month. Like rent is gone just there. Nah. Cox 96 FM. there's a bit of news has just broken this morning on the concert front. For next June, we know that Kean Ducro is to play Musgrave Park in June, we know that one and we haven't had any um, what should we call it marquee announcements yet for for next, next year, I'm sure they will come, but we've just had this morning, confirmed for Musgrave Park on the 20th of June take that Take that just confirmed this morning for Musgrave Park on June 20th, 2024. That's a biggie. That is definitely a biggie. I think I might want to go to that myself. <laughs> 0818 96, 96 96. Take that confirmed this morning, June 20th, uh, 2024 at Musgrave Park. That'll be one. That'll be one now. That'll be going. It'll, there'll be tickets to that going into a lot of... A lot of Christmas stockings, I suspect. Come I mean, here, there was war at the weekend. I thought it was funny. There was war at the weekend after Graham Norton had, uh, did you see this at all, there was a woman in, in the red chair. You know the red chair that he tips over, he doesn't think we could tell him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, she she really is after um, causing ructions uh, down from my way. Time for a very quick visit to the big red chair. who we got tonight? Hello.
8: Hello.
2: Hi. Oh,
5: don't be nervous. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're fine. You're fine. What's your name? Zoe.
2: Zoe. And uh, where are you from, Zoe? I'm from um, Scotland, Dumfries and Galloway, but lived in Ireland for about 20 years. It's a lovely accent. Very nice. Thank you. Whereabouts in Ireland did you live? Uh, for County Cork. Oh, for home horrible, of the pencil. Horrible town. Oh. <laughs>
4: I'd have tipped her off the chair there and then.
9: It's not a bridge if people want to jump off it. <laughs> I hate it. A... We're
1: looking forward to this story. <laughs> I think the cannon is loose. <laughs> off you go.
4: Tell us how you really feel, Zoe. <laughs> Oh, 0818, look, it's the Graham Norton show, I didn't think it happened oh, 0818 96, 96
1: 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears, visit hiddenhearing.ie Fox 96 FM The Big Drive Home With Izzy Show Busy on Cords 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4pm for chances to bag yourself Oak Fire Pizza vouchers for voice notes like this. Any chance
7: you could play the Becky Hills song there? Disconnect disconnect me because I'll be disconnecting myself No, shortly. I'll
10: keep you company no matter what you're up to. Come here, can you play some Belters only?
8: I just need a good song to get me in the mood going up the road to Dublin.
10: And I'll be giving you more chances to
1: escape your barking dog and kids with great prizes. From myself and my partner who would love the tickets would be fantastic. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m. The big drive home can drive me with Clonakilty Food Company. Be prepared for any meal time with Clonakilty's delicious sausages, rashes and puddings. Clonakilty, a family of great taste. Cork's 96, 96 FM. FM. 96 FM. The Minds are live. Join the conversation Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Hawks 96
4: FM Never ceases to amaze me how small this world actually is Like I played you that bit from Graham Martin from the other night where he had this woman, Zoe, in the red chair. And she said she was from Dumfries in Scotland. And she said she'd lived in Ireland for over 20 years. And she'd lived in Fromoy which she described as a horrible, horrible place. Even Graham was a little taken aback. I thought he might flip her in the chair even then, but he didn't. He didn't. So we played to the audio before 10.00. And wouldn't you just know it Like I mean Is there anything more pure cork Than this I know that girl I know that girl She worked In Coolmore Stud I'm very annoyed At those comments She lived here for 30 years It mustn't have been that bad Very bad form of her She was never like that Not sure why she made Those unfair comments From a from resident Thank you Oh, don't you love it? Don't you love it? 0818 96, 96, 96 Someone said to me over the weekend that they had booked a dinner or booked a restaurant for dinner and they were told when they were booking it that if they didn't turn up there'd be a no-show charge they were asked to give a credit card which they did and said that if they didn't show up it was a booking for four people that they'd take 50 quid off the credit card Which seemed a bit steep But it's it seems to be a thing now There was a report uh, On one of the papers about it during the week I'll come back to that It just piqued my interest A little bit uh, 0818 96 96 96. Coming back to road safety And pedestrians from the last hour And the comment that we got Where someone said that pedestrians Need to make themselves more visible Uh I didn't know this. The, RSI, uh, the RSA, that's the Road Safety Authority, will give out high-vis jackets free. Thank you, Sandy. And Sandy agrees it should be the law that you should wear a high-vis. Orange and pink are the best to be seen in the distance. The green isn't that effective. Love the show, said Sandy. Sandy, thank you for that. I did not know that. I presume you just go on their website and they'll send it out to you. That'd be handy, very handy. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we have talked... Over the last few months, about the state of the flats on Newlands Road, St Finbars Road, Fort Street, just that general area up there. We're all agreed now. They are in an atrocious condition. And in fact, there was a report, I'm reading here from the Echo, which has been covering this story in detail. There was a report in December 22 from Cork City Council that said that the only thing you could do with them really would be to tear them down. And then during the summer, Uh, Anne Doherty, the uh, chief executive of the council went on a walkabout and she said it was a very sobering walkabout and she said that she believed the flats were past the point of renovation and needed to be knocked and rebuilt and I don't think there'd been a word of disagreement from the residents but then what happens? Then what happens? You wouldn't believe this You couldn't make this up then what happens, Dennis Hackett? You got rent review letters, and some
11: people's rent is going up. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, it's so mine has actually been doubled, but I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it at all. Right. Doubled, they can take me the not they? are <laughs> actually doubling some people's rent, like. Good Lord! Can you get out yeah, of the are. wind there, Dennis? <laughs> yeah, get out of the wind if
4: you can. That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> Two
11: seconds yeah, but they're, they're actually sending people letters asking for more money. Like in a condemned, the buildings are condemned, but they won't say the word.
4: Right. Well, yeah, the, 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 according to Anne Doherty, she said, in her opinion, that they need to be knocked and rebuilt. And this report back in December said there were major structural defects. Yeah, bits falling off, it would, would count that, wouldn't it? And they recommended yeah. the demolition, and then they send you out. Yeah. R- remind us how bad your own conditions are, for example, Dennis.
11: Uh, mine are they're not too bad. Mine, are, mine is okay. I have a nice house. I, right. didn't, my problem is the, the centre of, the block, of the, bit, the block that I'm in is collapsing. It's subsiding. There's a, cr- a six-inch crack going around the whole block.
4: Right. Right. And th- there was people with rats <sighs> and everything. We were to them.
11: There's there's people living in atrocious conditions in Noonan's Road and Finbar's Road. I I not I don't know anything about Fourth Street or Dean Street. Right. But there's some people up Nunnery Road and Finbar's Road living in atrocious conditions, and yet the council are still asking them for more money. They've actually risen the rent. Some people pay in their post office through their social welfare payments. They're actually right taking a rise out of that without even telling people. Do you understand me? Yeah.
4: Now these are these letters are issued. Under the 2009 Housing Act, there's an annual rent yeah. review required under law.
11: Yeah, uh, the, it's yeah but this could be an exception made when you're living in, in these conditions. Like, like we, they're We asking for a rent freeze. No, we actually needed a, We actually wanted a rent reduction. Cause we living in condemned buildings. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. So we'll have to settle for rent. just take as a start, like.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Now you say your place is okay, but the block in which it's in, sure that that means your place is, is in as much danger yeah. as anybody
11: else's. That's true. Yeah. It's true. I don't know, it's so i even it's house, like. I just don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> they can't fix them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, the the chances
4: are not to do anything. They'll have to knock them down, take you out, put you somewhere yeah. else, and put you back. Then afterwards.
11: Yeah, but we. I've, yeah, but I've been called by one councillor and not naming anybody, I know, that I'd, I'd still be sitting there in four years' time. So, you know.
4: Well, you know, nothing, you know that nothing
11: happens happens quickly in this country, yeah? Uh, I know, yeah. So what can you do? It is what it is. But I, I, as I said, I'm not... I'm, they're looking for double rent on me. They're not getting it. I'm not paying it. Because yeah. I control my rent through the bank.
4: They... They, 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 um, they, they use words like regeneration... But no, they
11: won't say the word condemned, you see?
4: Yeah. Yeah. But so sure, what is it what, what is it if you're going to knock them and rebuild them only condemned? Yeah, yeah,
11: yeah. only condemned, yeah. You see, the thing about it is if, like, if they
4: did formally call them condemned, here's the problem. If yeah. they did formally call them condemned,
11: they'd have to move you out. Yeah.
4: That's the problem.
11: And I don't think we should, we should be paying the rent up or paying either for them, like, if they are condemned, you know? Do you want me asking how much they're charging you? Uh, At the moment, it's around 55, and they're looking for 101.70 now. 101.70.
4: Yeah. But the point that was always been made as well, Dennis, is that, do you know, if a private landlord would be hauled up over the conditions you're living in, for much, in fact, for for much less, a private landlord would, would be in trouble with the RTB. Uh, And living in conditions that it's bad for your health, it's bad for your physical health, your mental health. Things get dirty.
11: I will give them this space. No, they are sending people around to fix drafty windows and stuff. They actually done my place last week.
4: Okay.
11: Okay. Just to get us through the winter. There's other people living in atrocious conditions. what, What they do. Sorry. What did they do? Did they seal them up, or what did they do? They, 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 no handles and seals. Just because there was just there was drafts. So I had, had to stuff actually stuff newspapers in the winter yeah. just to keep the draft out. You know, right. the heat was going out the windows. So they fixed that problem. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm going to be sitting there for a few years anyway, not worried. Well, I, I so, yeah. Just to like. well, you just hope that there
4: wouldn't be any sort of structural problem that that would spread to nah. yours, I mean the, those kids like there's rats nibbling on stuff like one there, woman there was, was,
11: there's, yeah, just people living in the news' rat infested yeah. they're, they're actually in the hox for long,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah one one woman was telling me that her child found a dead rat out on the out That's of the patio. yeah. And they're afraid to go right. on their patio or their bat- balcony. Some of them afraid they'd fall.
11: Yeah, and there's a few people that have to be rehoused over there as well. Oh, really? Some people got houses got off. The there's, uh, there's two or three people that have to get houses over there. Uh, so they just got lucky, like they were bitten on the CBL or whatever you call it. I'm not even yes. looking at that. CBL, yeah,
4: yeah. There's people having to throw food out because the mice and rats are getting at it. And yeah, yeah, that's right. That,
11: uh, that brings
4: more expense. Just
11: a yeah, you know, like. space, right? Yeah.
4: And then, the, hand, and then absolute, the rent increase. Rent Then rent increase. Then the hands, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's just bonkers. That is. Well, it's
11: out there now. People know about it now.
4: So you're living in those conditions. There's a report says it needs to be. They need to be demolished. Demolished. The the chief executive yeah. went there and said it's
11: a sore. And we've, we 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 seen our we seen our once and that was it. Yeah. She never came back near the place again. She said. And it the place No, they they had they had cleaned up the whole area for our walkabout. And as soon as that was over, in yeah. she it's said it was left it, again. It
4: was her sense, and again, I'm quoting from the Echo here. They said it was her sense that the flats were past the point of renovation and needed to be knocked and rebuilt. That was in July, and then you get letters in October, just, just October, up. yeah, putting the rent up. Yeah. Wow. Great, no. It? <laughs> <laughs> it it actually you actually couldn't make that up. Dennis. No, no, you couldn't. No, you know, if if you read that on a newspaper about some strange place elsewhere in the world, you'd say, "Nah, that that's not true. That's not no. true." But, but here it is. Here yeah. it is. It's crazy. It's well, absolutely.
11: I can like thanks for putting it out there, Not at all.
4: Any time you're always pushing an open door. Dennis, thank you very much. That's uh, Dennis Hackett uh, of the R- Newlands Road Residence Committee. They are living in appalling conditions up there. Places are falling down around them. They're rat infested. The rats are eating the food. It's, it's just ridiculous. There's pieces falling off their balconies. There's wind and rain coming in the windows. Now, as, as Dennis said, they've come in and they've done up his windows, which means he'll be there for a while. But the best thing to do with them, everyone seems to be agreed that the best thing to do with Noonan's Road and Finbar's Road is tear the whole blasted thing down and rebuild it and move people out while you're doing that. We've all that agreed. Everyone knows that. And then they send them out letters putting up the rent. Like you really, really, really could not make it up. And remember, we're not talking here. We're not talking about some private landlord or vulture fund or anything of like that. Not talking about anything at all, right? We're talking about the council. The biggest landlord in the city, the council. Leaving people live in these kipps and then putting up their rent. If we were talking about a private landlord, there'd be ructions, there'd be protests if we were talking about that. But no. Biggest landlord in the city, the council. 0818 96, 96,
1: 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Course 96
4: in- Yeah, you can't stress it enough, really. If we were talking here about private landlords letting people live in appalling conditions, then they'd be ructions, and rightly so. But we have got council tenants living in appalling conditions. The council is their landlord. The biggest landlord in the city is their landlord. And the conditions are appalling. Sylvia, you got in touch... Um, because you're worried about your mam and the conditions she's living in. She's also a council tenant. You sent me photos. You sent me videos. And it's, it's, it's pretty grim. Good morning.
2: Good morning, PJ. Yes, um, you see the videos that I've sent you. I have. Uh, due to the conditions of my mother is living in. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an elderly woman. She's 72 years of age. She's living in the north side of Nakanehini, Clara Gardens. Mm-hmm. She's there 42 years. Yeah. Um she's raised ten kids in that home. Wow. Um
4: to go through the problems that are there. She has a, a leak, she has no heating, she has no hot water, and she has rats. Start with the start with the no heating and the hot water.
2: So it started like 5 years ago there was a problem kind of to the boiler. So the heating would only come on maybe for an hour and I contact the council and the council came out and they would just turn it back on. But the same problem kept on happening for three years.
12: I see.
4: So they fixed it, but it was never quite right.
2: It was never quite right.
4: Like she didn't have hot water all day if she wanted it. It was just there for an hour. So that was it. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
4: Okay. And then things got worse, didn't they?
2: they did. So two years ago it started with the pipes on the ceiling, like everything busted and it flooded the whole house. So basically everything had to be taken up, carpet, everything she had. Now the ceilings as the videos that I sent you that you could see there's like wires hanging out in the ceilings.
4: Yeah. To describe it for listeners, what I'm looking at is the beams of the house. The plaster is gone because it rotted so I'm looking up at that She has no hot water and no heating
2: She's no hot water then So she's like at uh, her age of an elderly woman Her time is half seven in the morning So she gets up and she has to go for a freezing cold bath And then she has to go downstairs to a freezing cold home And basically she's freezing inside her own home mm.
4: Does the boiler even work? The heating even work No, Doesn't come on at all?
2: you can't turn it on because when they came out from the time of the ceiling, they put a box in for to give her the hot water and said oh we'll be back next week to repair it and they never came back that was over two years ago okay TJ this would be her third year without hot water or heating in her home if she'd go through this Christmas again it would be her third year
4: now to add to that she has rats where are they coming from?
2: So with Claddy Gardens and Oconheny, there's always been a problem with rats and they come from outside. So I've contacted the council and I told them that the rats were getting in from the outside by her garden. So they did send someone out a few years ago and they concrete under the wall where the rats are eating through and getting into our property. Okay. So that never helped they just kept on eating through and they're walking their way into the house now whereas the pictures I sent you as you've seen, that there's actually holes in the wall from them eating through the concrete while the plaster on the wall Yeah Um, They've actually even ate through the, the side from each side of the fireplace in her front room so they're actually running from one side of the fireplace to the other when you're sitting down watching Tai
4: Oh, you'd see them like?
2: Oh yeah, you can see them, yeah We actually have videos of them and photographs of them um, so as I explained to you as well on the text message when I was reaching out for help, the um, couches, we have went through three couches in the past three years with her. The rats are actually eating through her couches. Oh God, okay. This is her third one and she can't keep up with pain and putting stuff into her home. She would have a beautiful home around her, but we actually can't do it properly for her with all the problems that she has in her home.
4: Yeah. Now, I know that you've been emailing the council. Any responses?
2: I have, and I've been ringing constantly, and all I'm getting when I'm ringing is, oh, we've logged that in, we'll have somebody out and look. So maybe with the last past three years, they've seen two people come out and they've looked at the ceiling and said, oh, yeah, we'll be back next week and we, re- we will repair it, and they never came back to to actually do it.
4: So the ceilings are gone We have the pictures That's an awful situation the, the boiler isn't working So she has no heating She has no hot water She's 72 yeah. years of age How's her health, Sylvia?
2: This is actually given her health problems, TJ She's been in hospital twice In a couple of months mm-hmm. She's actually suffering now as well At the moment with her kidneys Like from She's constantly getting kidney infections From using the cold water Yeah and she ended up um, being hospitalized twice due to her living conditions. But
4: right, that that's 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 filthy. That's not hygienic. You can't live in that like.
2: No. Like she had her kitchen then and in the kitchen, as they sent you the pictures, you can see the bucket.
4: Yeah, what's that bucket doing?
2: So like say if I come up in the morning and I need to make my mom a cup of tea, it will pour all over the kitchen so actually after going in under her kitchen so it's after damaging all the back of her kitchen
4: so when you're using your kitchen sink it's, it's leaking out underneath and you have to catch it in a bucket
2: yeah you have to catch it in a bucket it gets overflown or if you don't pour it out in time so like at her age she's 72 years of age she has to lift that heavy bucket of every day and pour it out the back crikey and like he's even causing her to get back pain from carrying the bucket to the back door all the time to pour out the dirty water. Obviously that's pouring, you know. And it's leaving all under the presses destroyed.
4: Have you contacted any of your local counsellors, say?
2: Well I've contacted Mick Nugent. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent him all the pictures and the videos. Now he didn't get a reply back off Mick.
4: Well, Mick listens to the program, so as soon as he hears your voice, he'll probably ring. But, but you're just looking. You don't care who comes and sorts out your mum for the winter.
2: No, like as I said to you, when I sent you the text message, my mum is not asking for a new home or anything. She's not asking for much. She's just asking for comfort in her own home. She is 72 years of age. Like she's been through stress enough of all these problems. Now she's stressing more every day, thinking what's going to happen next in her own home. She is a very proud woman. She don't like to tell anybody her business, but it's come to a point where she actually can't live like this anymore. Mm,
4: And that's why you've reached out to us. I'm I'm grateful that you did, Sylvia. You've sent us practically a file of videos and photographs of stuff here. So if anybody is listening and they do listen to us inside in the City Hall, you can be sure of that. Uh, Someone can contact us or any one of your local councillors might get the ball rolling because it's only a few weeks away from the winter, your, your mum must be must be very afraid of the winter.
2: It's getting very cold, and it's getting colder every day for her, and I'm afraid, basically, if I go up there one of the mornings and anything happens to her due to the cold or the ceiling, like when I tried to make her a cup of tea in the morning, there was, like, sparks coming from the ceiling. So, like she could be electrocuted in her own home, PJ, or she could be froze inside her own home. Do you know?
4: Sylvia, I'm not going to be a politician. I'm not going to make a promise to you. The only promise yeah, I, I will make is we, we said we'd talk to you. We've talked to you. And if anything can be done, then we'll certainly point them your way. If, any, if anyone comes forward looking to help, we'll point them your way. How's that?
2: That's brilliant.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can
0: already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And thanks very much for all your
2: help, PJ. You couldn't have done no more for me.
4: You're more than welcome.
2: Thanks, Bye.
4: Cheers, Sylvia. And there's another council tenant. Not the tenant of a private landlord, not the tenant of, you know, one of these greedy types, <coughs> bullshit funds, whatever. No, the landlord, the tenant of the council and the state she's live in. And we have the pictures. We have the photographs. So it's genuine, genuine call. Uh, Sylvia, thank you. Oh, one I just mentioned this while ago a pal of mine said to me the weekend they were booking a restaurant for for a birthday party for four people and uh, rang up and were asked for a credit card number no problem, gave him the credit card number and then the guy on the phone said look, if you don't show up if you ring, if you can't make it ring us if you don't show up it's 50 quid off the card and it'll be taken there and then on the night so, right, fair enough they did take it up so it didn't didn't matter but it turns reading a piece in the paper over the last few days that this is happening now in restaurants, in hairdressers in spas health clubs like you you book and you give a credit card and in order to um, cut down on no shows which by the way I think not to show up is without letting a person know you can't make it is disrespectful and rude, utterly disrespectful and utterly rude, unless there are exceptional circumstances. So they're taking they're taking a deposit per person uh, in that restaurant that my friend was telling me about. It was fifty quid. Um, other people, for, for example, if you don't show up, if you book a hotel and you don't cancel and you don't show up, they'll just take the first night's accommodation. Off your credit card, and that's that's what they'll do. Sometimes they won't even take the whole lot if you don't show up. Um, but it's, it's it's happening more often now. And these online booking platforms, do you know the way you book stuff now online? Everything's very few people bring up anymore. But if you're booking online for a place, you have to put in your card number, um, in order to secure the booking. And they're taking money off the card if you don't show up. Um, and it's 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 the way we're going. And I completely and totally support the restaurant's right to do it. Or the hairdresser's right to do it. If you ring up a restaurant and you book a table, you might book a table for four, book a table for six, book a table for eight. And then you don't show. That's rude, to say the least. Now, unless you had something awful happened, like a severe illness or a death in the family or something, then, then I'm sure that, that it would be waived, but... No, I'm all in favour of no-show... F- no f- no, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I can't see how it's a problem. 0818 96, 96 96. It only takes a phone call to say, I'm so sorry we can't make it. Small bit of respect, you know?
1: Join the conversation. This is the Opinion line With Hidden Hearing. Focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Fox 96 now this Friday
4: comes the long-awaited menopause summit at Cork City Hall. 96 of them, proud media partners of the summit. And there's a very detailed programme of contributors. I'm joined by Dr. Karen Suff, who's joint lead of the Complex Menopause Clinic at Cork University Maternity Hospital and part of Friday's event. Karen, good morning.
13: Good morning.
4: There's been a lot of interest in the build up to this event on on Friday. I think it's fair to say that over the last number of years, we've started to take menopause and the effects of it far more seriously than we did.
13: Oh, that is absolutely true. Um, And we're working, I suppose, all the time to make sure that women are kind of prepared and informed and have good, you know, evidence based uh, knowledge about how to navigate their menopausal symptoms. Uh, I suppose there was two issues historically. One was that women tended to suffer in silence and nobody spoke about it. So people didn't recognize really that uh, what was happening to them. And uh, I suppose the other revolutionary thing was um, we we had a few years, you know, several years there where HRT was sort of, you know, discouraged in general by Mm -hmm. the medical profession. And, you know, the new research and new forms and types of safer HRT has revolutionized the treatment of menopause
4: there was a myth connecting HRT to cancer and it did an awful lot of damage. You mentioned the symptoms and we, we now know they can start in women as young as 35 or 36 or maybe even younger sometimes in, in rare occasions. So what what should women be looking out for? Particularly younger women, maybe in their 30s, would give them a warning that this is about to arrive ahead of schedule, shall we say.
13: Absolutely. So uh, I suppose every woman is different. Every woman has their own individual kind of pattern of where their estrogen receptors are in their body. And therefore, all women experience menopause differently. Um, And for some women, it can be very obvious. You know, they start to have, you know, your classic hot flushes and night sweats and all the. Kind of knock-on symptoms that they bring, like very bad, very poor sleep, fatigue, etc. For some women, it's very much mood and uh, sort of what's called brain fog. We lose our kind of verbal memory, Mm -hmm. so problems organising your thoughts, problems um, getting words out, causing causes massive difficulty for women in their jobs in particular. Um, And for some women, it's very uh, physical, like eight and pains in their body dry eyes you know trouble with their hair and skin change dramatically they might get really really heavy periods they might get periods that are closer together they might get a fall off in their periods it's extremely individual which makes it really important that people kind of have an idea of the range of ways that it can affect you
4: and they will think won't they oh I'm only 34 that couldn't possibly be the menopause there must be something else wrong with me
13: uh, absolutely, and I suppose you know there. There's two parts to that. We don't want to be blaming everything on the menopause. So it's very I- important, you know, to have, uh, you know, good. I suppose good access to your GP to discuss your symptoms. Make sure there's nothing else that could be causing these symptoms, and then how to navigate what you would do if if it, if they are menopausal symptoms. Uh, for some women, they have loads of symptoms before their period stop. For some women it's a much shorter duration the you know the average is about 8 years but we know that some women experience 20 years of symptoms and for some women their symptoms are all over in 18 months so it's extremely individual
4: it is very strange isn't it that there's no there seems to be if you put 10 women into a room no ten no two of them will experience menopause the same way
13: well yes that is for sure and but i suppose hormones throughout a woman's life are a little bit like that so some women have very cyclical kind of mood symptoms related to their cycle all you know teenagers will have a different experience through puberty mm. women experience pregnancy difficult uh, pregnancy in different ways so we know that you know there's no one size fits all unfortunately mm. when it comes to treating a woman's hormones
4: wellness and and looking after our health is is much more commonplace now Karen than it used to be and we like to prepare for things we like to look after yes. our nutrition for when we're getting older and stuff our exercise when we're getting older is there any way for sure that a woman can prepare her body for menopause so that when it does come it's not as hard on her shall we say
13: absolutely so like midlife health in general is a good opportunity to I suppose do a an inventory of your health in general so you want to arrive at your menopause with as good bone density as you can so adequate vitamin D and calcium and weight-bearing exercise are extremely important there You want to make sure your heart enters your menopause as healthily as it can with exercise and, you know, not smoking and keeping your cholesterol under control, making sure your blood pressure is under control. Mm. And, you know, HRT is only one part of managing someone's menopause. Mm -hmm. There are a vast array of lifestyle um, things that make your menopause a much more easy transition. And the most, you know, it's extremely important that we do both. It's not one or the other. How important is good nutrition? Uh, Good nutrition is important for everyone, not just menopausal Mm. women. But I suppose, you know, like traditionally, uh, people tend not to look after their nutrition very well but there is increasing evidence that nutrition is vital and I'm very much looking forward to um, hearing the speakers on that subject at the, at the summit.
4: Yeah, and, th- and, th- so and the thinking in terms looking- of busy, busy people, you know, Karen, thinking in terms of busy women, you know, working mothers, combining a job with, with looking after kids, very often you're the last person in the house that gets fed and you, you eat whatever whatever you can grab out of the fridge.
13: Yes, absolutely, and I suppose that's the biggest difference in, uh, in managing menopause now compared to 50 years ago. So women experience menopause the same age now as they did 200 years ago. I suppose the difference is now they've got a full-time job. They might've had their children later. So they're teenagers at home, they've got elderly parents who are still alive that they're looking after. And this is probably the first generation that are experiencing all those stressors coming into their menopause. Um, and nutrition is one of those. Exercise is vital. And um, we know that exercise, not only it improves your heart health, not only does it improve your bone density, but it also raises your serotonin levels and therefore improves your mood. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it's, a, it's vital that a woman transitioning through her menopause makes time for herself mm-hmm. because otherwise it's a much more tricky experience.
4: Yeah. Um, a lot of people seem to turn to yoga. Is that getting more popular?
13: Uh, Yeah, well, yoga has great benefits in terms of, uh, like, core strength, improving your flexibility, it's excellent for your mood, Mm. Um, and a lot of people will do Pilates similarly, that will, uh, I suppose there's two things that happen, one is your bone gets less dense, but also your muscles you know you get muscle weakness as well mm-hmm. so anything you can do to improve those two things is going to reduce your risk of having you know a, a serious fragility fracture so that's when somebody breaks their hip which is a life changing event for woman mm-hmm. over 65 so anything you can do to prevent that is going to make your life better mm-hmm. plus or minus longer Yeah a lot of
4: um, women take SSRIs to to boost their serotonin. Is, is that advisable? Antidepressants?
13: Uh, So that very much depends. I suppose a a lot of women that I would see would be maybe very frustrated that that that's what they were offered for the mood symptoms related to menopause. But in certain circumstances, That is the correct thing to do. So I suppose it very much depends on, so if somebody's had a previous history, so in their 20s or 30s, they've had anxiety and depression and were successfully treated with serotonin um, reuptake inhibitors, your SSRIs, Mm. then often I would consider putting them back on that plus or minus adding the HRT Mm -hmm. because really what's happening there is their fluctuating hormones have caused a recurrence of their like previous mental health issues Mm -hmm. whereas for some women it's very hormone dependent and they may not need that so again I, I feel like I'm always saying the same thing, which is it depends. It depends on the woman. Yeah. so yeah. individual, yeah. But so we, we have a chat about what is affecting mood. Similarly, there's a lot of people who their mood is very much related to what is going on in their lives. And yes, HRT may improve some of their symptoms like the sleep and the sweating, etc. But really, they're going to need some you know talking therapies or cognitive behavioral therapy to help with navigating what's going on in their life as well mm-hmm. it's it's not an either or mm. you have to look at the whole picture a view that
4: i got in here one time uh, by way of email karen was for goodness sake we all had to go through it, and we all went <laughs> through it. Would you stop talking about the menopause? To which my response, and I'm just a man, which means not, I know nothing about it, <laughs> was, hang on a second, that was the way. It's not anymore, there's help there. If it's tough, some women yeah. sailed through it, others suffered through it. You don't have to suffer.
13: Exactly. Well, I suppose there's a couple of things there. We know that 80% of women get symptoms. So we know that 20% get none. So for some women, they don't really understand what the talk is about because they were one of the lucky ones who did not experience severe symptoms. For some women, it's incredibly debilitating and everything in between. So, you know i i would see people and we have a chat about their symptoms and how they're managing their symptoms and they're actually doing very well and under those circumstances you know maybe hrt is not required in that circumstance and that's mm. fine and for some women their symptoms are completely debilitating and you mm. know hrt will help them you know reduce their symptoms and transition through this part of their life yeah. with some assistance. Is it so a bit think, like is um, it a
4: bit like labor Karen, in that sometimes a woman will sail through labor and the baby <laughs> is there within hours and others are there for a couple of days and it ends up in a C-section.
13: Yeah, so like and the people I suppose it's it's a, it's a sort of similar thing in that The people who have a good experience and not many symptoms and sail through tend not to be, well, sometimes are not very kind or empathetic or understanding to the ones who can't or don't. Mm -hmm. So I suppose menopause comes in all shapes and sizes. And the most important thing is that a woman is listened to and that you can establish what way you're going to make their life Mm -hmm. better and or longer, whatever form that takes, whether that's lifestyle advice, whether that's, um, you know, treatment with HRT, whether it's improving their, their risk factors for everything, sorting out their cardiovascular risk factors, etc. Mm-hmm. It's a global picture. For- and that's why, you know, the, the things like the summit so are really important because it will, you know, it discusses all aspects of managing your menopause and there's something there for everybody to take home. Mm
4: hmm. Mm-hmm. For the men in the room and the men in these women's lives, it's 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 funny, you know. I said to a, the, I asked this question of another specialist one time, Karen, and she said, "Please take this much from the conversation, men folk. She doesn't hate you. She doesn't want you want to kill you. She's going through this, and when she comes out the other side, she'll be fine."
13: Uh, absolutely, and sometimes in order to explain that. I kind of equated nearly to your teenager going through puberty. So when your teenager's going through puberty and slamming doors and it's completely unreasonable, you know, <laughs> everyone kind of rolls the <laughs> their eyes. Yeah, but they, they, everyone kind of rolls their eyes and says hormones and they know it's going to end. So they sort of, you know, plus... That teenager has a lot or less sort of on their shoulders and responsibility. So, like when you're a 50-year-old woman, you can't just slam the doors and lie down on the ground and cry and say, "I'm not, I'm not having this anymore." So, the same kind of hormone fluctuations are happening, which can make you know your it can make you very irritable. It can make things that previously were no problem at all. Just impossible to cope with. Your tolerance level falls massively. Um, and yes, I think if people understood that better, <laughs> um, I think I often have the conversation with, uh, you know, amongst families where there's a lot of tension. I'm trying to, you know, explain this to the teenage child of a mother going through menopause in the same way that I would explain to a mother about what is going on in somebody who's going through puberty, let's say, All right. so that people understand everything better.
4: All right, isn't Karen? Good talking to you. Dr. Karen's office, lead of the uh, Complex Menopause Clinic at CUMH, and she is an accredited menopause specialist and part of the summit, the Menopause Summit Summit dot com is the website. It's on this Friday at uh, City Hall, and a uh, wide range of speakers and topics to discuss. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Was there a string of lights? Did anyone see a string of lights in the sky? It looked like UFOs or something. Ten lights. I didn't see these now, but ten lights, sort of separated, like they'd be on a chain, like a chain of garden lights or Christmas lights, 10 lights, and they seem to be moving in a straight line last night. Um, and there was people reporting them all over the country and in the UK, UFOs they were saying uh, did anybody know what they are and I had, there's a fantastic picture here on the echo website of what looks like that looks like <laughs> that looks like now it looks like someone took a string of Christmas lights and threw them up in the sky. We don't quite know what they were. Um, I think Billy Kelleher, the MEP, was one of the people who said, what the hell is that? What are they? What are them lights? Uh, It was actually Starlink satellites. That's Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. Yes. SpaceX. Internet stuff. was seen over Cork last night. I think we might see them again tonight if it's a clear night. That... That settles that one then. Thank you. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We had R- Rory was on to us, and he said for the woman on the line with PJ, so it's about Sylvia. Her mother has a broken boiler. Can't, she has ten kids? Can't they all chip in and get the boiler fixed instead of waiting on the council? They seem to be happy to see their mother living in the cold. I'm sorry about that now, but this is how I see it, says Rory. Problem, Rory. And I I do think this is a difficulty. Um, I have a copy of the Council Tenant's Handbook. I found it for subjects like this. And heating appliances are the responsibility of the Council. Cork City Council is responsible for replacement of defective fireplaces when there's a fire risk, replacement of defective solid fuel heaters in unfit condition, replacement of fire or immersion heaters or indeed boilers. And they came at one point, Rory, and they put in something they, they, they put in an electrical box to come back and put in some other kind of a fix and they never came back. So that's the problem, but a lot of people would think that way well why don't her family just do it for her it ain't right? <laughs> and this is the excuse I hate myself more than anything else it ain't as simple as that you can't when you're a council tenant. you can't do the ball yourself 0818 96 96 96.
1: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Coach 96 and- the Corks 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon This is number one champion time. Gold winner for community social action at the Imro Radio Awards 23 I can't get it Corks 96FM The minds are live oh, Hello. Join the conversation Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan FM.
4: Do you know what, there's some text coming in I knew it would happen eventually um, The rugby begrudgers would start coming out Of the blocks Uh, uh, I call them the rugby begrudgers Who hate the fact That the team Captured the nation For a couple of weeks They hate that And that if They had happened to go through Saturday night in, In a match they could have won And I stand over that We'll talk to Finn about that in a second A match they could have won Well if they went through Then there'd be another huge weekend next weekend and should the soccer crowd I'm sorry no lead, but the soccer team couldn't win an argument at the moment you know um, so they're a bit jealous you see and they're pushing back a bit John says where, where is he where is he where is he John says great to see New Zealand win it'll put the rugger buggers back in their box that might include me then uh, they were worse than the English soccer crowd they thought it was coming home Ireland were the only country oh don't give me this old nonsense Ireland were the only country with no national anthem disgraceful thank God we won't have to listen to to Ireland's call again no? no? just for you just for you okay this is great I love this tune you want to hear it I was in town last night actually or Saturday night I was in Cancy's for the match and the whole flipping pub rose six inches off the ground When this came on. So don't tell me that people don't like it. (laughs) All right. That's just for you. That's just for you who texted in. It's gone now to the Six Nations, but um, I I love it. And I have always loved that song. (sighs) But Finn, they're they're out now, the Begrudgers. They clearly didn't stick around to watch that incredible game last night between France and, and South Africa. That, I think, produced the best match we've seen, you and I, and and any of us like you, seen in many, many years, let alone months. Good morning. Uh,
3: Good morning, PJ, and congratulations on your award. Um, well-deserved. Absolutely, um, last night's game of rugby had people sitting in their chairs sore from the battering and the the pure physicality of it, but the skill levels as well. Mm. And um, the weekend, sport-wise, around was just immense, and My personal take on it is that, like, it all started in Ireland 40 years ago, maybe more when Eamon Cochran turned the bend in Helsinki to win the 1500 meters. And everybody on the street wanted to be Eamon Cochran. Roll on to 88, everybody wants to be Ray Houghton. 1990, Cork did the double, everybody wants to be the late great Teddy Mack or Larry Tompkins. And it, it, it progressed. David O'Leary, Packy Bonner in in nineteen ninety. Also, Eddie Mackin, when people might know who he was, when he he won the the Aga Khan with boomerang. Everybody was slapping their ass, jumping over Harleys, thinking that they were at the show jumping. And that's what that's what we do. Yeah. We get carried along in the ebb, and we went along with this ebb. And in fairness, it was brilliant for the country. Be grudgers alike everybody like a couple of years ago there was a big debate about the Limerick hurlers they're the all blacks of, of Irish hurling at the minute because of their of their they, they work their work rate and I was sp- speaking to Fargan and speaking to a lot of lads Ireland could have won that game yes and in fact Ireland should have won that game I, I was and watching
4: they- my, my, my daughter was in another place and we were watching it first of all she was fully convinced she sent me a text message that was a forward pass on the the Fanganaku try and she sent me a TikTok yesterday look but besides that if there was a, I maintain Finn if there was another 30 seconds at the end they were gone in
3: yeah but you, do, you sadly you don't get the other 30 yeah. seconds yeah. but in, in, and I, I said it to Fergal earlier we worked hard we worked very very hard the Irish team down to a man down to the water boy worked very hard yeah. whereas New Zealand worked smarter Yes. they were very very yes. smart in their rugby and go back six seven years before this I'm not going to say the Johnny Sexton mania because it's it's a group of lads it's from the fellas who didn't make it it's from Keith Orles who, who sadly didn't get it on the pitch it's from everybody and your old friend Axel Foley who who started bringing the rugby along and putting pride in the jersey because I read at the weekend that years ago when Ireland played the All Blacks an Irish player went to swap a jersey and the, the, the answer he got back was I worked hard for this jersey you don't deserve yeah, they it they don't do it. It's the thing they don't swap, no. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they were looking from the other night. Had you know, because we have now gone. But did we go in as world number one, or do we go in as European number one? That's that's always going to be a sticking point in the draw. But for a man, oh my God, it was just incredible. And people who don't like rugby, people don't like soccer, people don't like GA. Luckily, I like more sports like mm. you do. People who don't like rugby came along on the ride, and now they're into rugby. There was a lot of people sat down last night. Um, they watched this. And and but the 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 effort. But no, we let's go let's go forward thirty years. There's going to be more Johnny Sextons on the gap. Everybody was out with a rugby ball yesterday. At Any sports game you're at, there wasn't hurleys and slitters yesterday because of the I suppose the mania that was going on with the World Cup.
4: Mm. I was actually in a sports but, shop on Saturday afternoon with my son. Um, he wanted to buy a pair of boxing gloves, and they want to see the number of the small kids coming in with their parents looking for the last I, Ireland short in the shop it was brilliant to see
3: But that's the mania that's going to go on. You know, like last year, let's go sporting last year, the Irish girls soccer team. A lot of girls were wearing Ireland shirts and you go to any soccer club in the city or county now and there's girls more so playing soccer, Mm. which is brilliant. You go to Amy O'Connor with that famous hat-trick. I'm sure there's girls all over the city the day after that scoring hat-tricks against a chalk wall. Do you know what I'm saying? It just brings along the mania. And luckily, luckily, across the board, From day one when we became good at sport for such a small nation, we get behind our teams. You could be playing a Tiddlywinks final against somebody from Azerbaijan and you would get support of the Irish. Simply because we're passionate and we're proud. And it's a very proud thing to say that we can go out and we can stand up and match and probably beat the world's best. And we should have beaten New Zealand the other night not mm-hmm. should not not what extra minutes we should have beaten them but as i said we worked hard we let them get 13 smart.
4: points ahead that was the main, that was the mistake we let them get 13 points ahead and you're always playing catch up after that and you can't do that pj 6 6
3: years ago my friend if we let new zealand get 13 points ahead we would have been brushed off the pitch by 33 or 34 points and that the truth but now there's a new instil in everybody from from the water boy up to the last substitute that we're never going to be beaten unless the final whistle goes we're going to die in the jersey and that's what they did yeah. that's, that's, that's what cool. they did and, and, and
4: we'll broaden this out a bit um, sp- on that point Stephen, good morning morning
8: Peter. how are you? how are you doing?
4: did, did you enjoy
8: it the weekend? Uh, not particularly, no um, look, at, I, I totally agree with your last caller there I think the boys gave everything and some for the green jersey um, but I also think that to beat New Zealand, we needed to be at ninety ninety five percent. But we turned up at about sixty, and I'm not sure if that had to do with the voodoo of reaching past the quarter final. But we never showed any signs of that up until the quarter final. But it, it was just very very disappointing. Mm. Yeah,
3: did you, did the difference did, being, I think Stephen is that New Zealand expect to win. We, 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 we think we can win, and New Zealand I go did. out there. There's nobody. There's nobody around in in New Zealand today wearing shirts that were bought on Saturday because it's brought bread into them, and that's what. Oh, I get that. That's what the thing. This. This is a new start for Irish rugby. And I believe that maybe 10 years down the line with the young lads coming through and hopefully Johnny Sexton, Peter O'Mahony, Earlsey Keat Woods, all those guys will be able to give it back because it's a different experience. It's a different well, thing than the Six Nations.
8: I completely get that. I understand that. But I also don't think it was the All Blacks we were facing. I think the All Blacks are gone maybe the last three years. The All Blacks couldn't have been beaten, PJ. This is a new New Zealand team as well. And they have been beaten in the past, and they were they were they were there to be beaten as well on Saturday night. Well, um, well
4: one was it five of the last seven encounters,
8: yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the, the last few years, they've been in their own transition, and 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 teams know that they are beatable. Mm-hmm. I think every, everything that went wrong for us was our own doing. On Saturday night, yeah. I, I think if I was yeah. to observe one thing, you
4: look at the presence of Joe Schmidt in the Kiwi. Uh not right? like, Yeah. If you if you think about it, right, go back go back five years. Joe Schmidt taught
8: Ireland to beat the All Blacks. Did you see how many and, times? And then the he all went Blacks- back to and then he went back to the flipping All Blacks. Yeah. Did you see how many times they kind of kicked just a few meters over our defence and ran <laughs> straight onto the ball? Yeah. Like that, that that's Joe Schmidt 101. Yeah. And, and James all, Lowe, all, James Lowe didn't get a
4: spare blade of grass. Because exactly. he knew you can't give him a spare
8: blade of grass. Exactly, but look, I'm very, very proud of the lads. I just think we could have done an awful lot better. I think it it, it was a mental block with us. Yeah, I think seeing Joe up there and
4: the things he'd done, as I said, he I, I in my in my view, Joe Smith taught Ireland to beat the All Blacks. And then I he agree. went back. And then he went back to the flipping All Blacks. <laughs>
3: <Do> you know, <laughs> yeah, but did, he, did he teach the All Blacks, as Stephen just said? Did he teach the All Blacks to beat Ireland? I'm very sure he did. Had is. the All Blacks already had, look, had all, the All Blacks already have that instilled in them? And and they were he he put in this is why we beat you the last time. This is what went wrong with you the last time. Just go back to course. your basics. And they did. They went back to the simple All Blacks rugby that we're used to. And I thought of course, yeah. the, I I. Watching it when they made the number eight on the pitch for for the hacker, I thought that was just another
8: five points for oh, us. Good, I thought bumps, that was
3: just bumps. immense.
8: Yeah. But at the end of the day, Johnny Sexton said before the game, Joe Smith can't run the lines and he can't kick the ball in behind. True. You know, they, they, these lads are also coached by Joe Smith, the Irish lads, so they, there should have yeah, been a game yeah. plan. They yeah. knew what they were going to come up against. It's true.
4: It's. I think. I think there was an awful quarter final hex. I said it. I said it here on. On, on Friday, lads, if we were playing the Dolphin B team on Saturday night, I'd have been nervous it, because of what it was. Bring Billy Barry in at this stage. Billy, morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you, my old friend? Are you getting on all right? Were you disappointed? Or yeah, were you surprised? Yeah,
9: well, no, you know you, you're, 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 you know it could be written on a postage stamp, but why won't anybody in Ireland address the elephant in the room Johnny Sexton should have been replaced by Jack Crowley, the only unusual... No, 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 no.
8: No, 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 no. no,
9: no, no. (laughs) He did absolutely nothing in the game. He had a very, very poor game by his own standards. I see one of the papers yesterday gave him 5 out of 10. He didn't seem right. To me, he could have been carrying a knock. But he just wasn't at the races on Saturday night. There was no one on his sitting loop. And your other caller there saying that Joe Schmidt... Josh Smith's fingerprints were all over that victory, as the, I don't know which one of the two callers now said. For the first try, the ball Smith saw that Ireland came up fairly quickly in the line. They popped the ball over and ended up in a try. The try and the third try, they just cut through the Irish defence. Dan Sheehan and Josh Van de Fleer, who in their right mind, been an Irish rugby supporter would ever thought that Josh Van de Flair would be replaced. No one. They had their homework done, and Sexton should have gone with 20 minutes to go. He's been a magnificent servant, don't get me wrong. Probably mm. one of the greatest players of all time. But he was out on his feet on Saturday night, and he didn't play up to his usual yeah. extremely high standard.
8: Yeah,
4: I, yeah I, 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 I wouldn't have agreed with you, Billy, but i take I take your analysis. Yeah, go on, Could season. I just
8: cut across there one second? Sorry. Yeah, go on. Uh, just, just one thing he said about Jack Crowley. And look, I agree, he's a fabulous out but he's not up to the pedigree of Johnny Sexton. And and that is a worrying feature for Ireland going forward when Sexton does retire. I don't think he's up to that standard.
4: But you see, Johnny Sexton's come along once in a generation in Ireland. Exactly, That's the problem. Exactly. That's the exactly. problem. New Zealand churn, as someone is saying here on the television, they have a conveyor ocean, belt. They, they have a million they have a conveyor belt New They've a yeah. million registered, rugby. and and
3: actually before, yeah, but the as I said, yeah. Uh, on, sorry, PJ. As I said, so why don't like I? I take Billy. Billy's a very knowledgeable man when it comes to sport, and yes, he would be. He he would be looking at in the statistics side of it, which he's very good at. But to take to, to to have not Johnny Sexton on the pitch when it came to Crunchtown time, time, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew it was going to come to a kick, and he's the best man for that job for Ireland yeah, for yeah, Ireland yeah. at the moment. But let's take it and let's let's go back and right. We're out of the World Cup now. We can't change. The, we can't change history. We can't change what on Saturday night. But if anybody in the IRFU. And you just said there's a million-plus registered players in New Zealand. If anybody in the RFU or anybody in rugby say, right, okay, let's go with our blank canvas. Let's improve the academies. Six, seven years, eight, eight, eight times, we will be the All Blacks of, of Europe, hopefully. Maybe One it's a second. big, broad statement.
8: Our academy is the best in the world. Like, the, the, the U oh, yeah the US just yeah, but- have... Is, is phenomenal it's better than any other country mm. in the world and, look at, and that's look why twenties, Stephen. look at the under 20s yeah. that Gregor that yeah but my point
3: my point being is my point being is Stephen and you're correct my point being though is let's use our success because it was a success let's face it it was a success it was, it was. in that we got we got you know and it, it made the country look up and say oh my god and like the game last night and most of the games like who would have ever thought Argentina would beat Wales the World Cup exactly. is a lottery yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah, to things yeah. like that but it if we can draw a blank canvas Yeah, draw a blank canvas now and say, right, let's take another step in progression, and the following year another step in progression. Like, who knows, Billy Barry could be right, Johnny Sexton won't be there next year, Paul O'Malley won't be there, Earlsey won't be there, we mightn't even win the Six Nations and it's a horrible yes. thing to say after what we've just done in, in, in mm. France but it's a quite it's a possibility
4: Well you see you do but have to don't you Billy and you'll be, you'd be better on this than me but you have to go through a period after every World Cup you've got to go through a period of transition and you've got to rebuild from where you are and with Johnny gone and Keith Earl's gone and I think Peter O'Mahony's thinking about his future as well he's got a year left in his contract like there is a rebuilding time needed now isn't there Billy?
9: No doubt about it and uh, like as you said players the calibre of Sexton when he come along once in a lifetime, the same as Roden O'Gara before him, al- they came along as the, the man once in a lifetime. Well,
8: to well, go I, back I, I have to, to uh, tonight,
9: sorry. So Schmidt, Joe Schmidt, like the Irish back row, Peter O'Manny, killed Doris, and Josh Vendor were all played. This guy, the captain from New Zealand, Sam Kane, He'd had, he'd had a horrendous time. There were people advocating that he wouldn't even be in the starting team for Saturday night. He matched the efforts of Richie McCaw and uh, uh, Kieran Reid, captains before him, absolutely blitzed the Irish uh, back row. And you then had the, the, the Schmidt knew every one of the Irish players. so was no use Keith Earl saying last week, it's a different team now. They proved on the night. He knew what the inside story with everybody, and and they tore Ireland apart. I mean, but, they but all our
8: players picks. know Schmidt as well.
9: Yeah, but knowing him is no good. As Sexton said he wasn't on the pitch. He, yeah, yeah. He,
8: he wasn't
9: on the pitch. Yeah, he but he wasn't. The line, he,
3: but. he wasn't on the pitch. If he was on the pitch, like I think that I think that, as I said, and I would stick by this, that New Zealand worked very smart. They didn't work as as hard as the Irish team Correct. because they have Correct. the know how to do that. And Joe Correct. Schmidt was up in the box. Standing up, he didn't. He wasn't mic'd up. He wasn't. His coaches did the work for him, and the New Zealand older players, and as you said, the guys who are probably coming to the end of their tether with with New Zealand, they knew how to craft those games. And sorry, no, but the New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland, a bit France, have some of the technically the best players in the world. And if these guys couldn't exploit the gaps, they don't deserve to be wearing a New Zealand shirt. No matter who's coaching them. If you look at it now, right,
4: Anton Dupont, widely agreed by many to be the best player in the world at the moment. Gone It's at home. Yeah, Do you know. And France, remember, France haven't. I think I. I was surprised by the stat last night. France haven't been a bit out of a quarter final since two thousand and five or something. And it's just that
7: draw,
8: but that. it swings it around, a around a about draw the draw. Areas no. too.
4: Yeah, Finn, you were making the point about the draw. The draw, the draw was a joke.
8: It was a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eng- England could very possibly get to the final now. You know, don't and, say uh, that.
9: England could win it.
8: Like leave that, that we oh. up against. You know, we we beat the uh, we beat the the box. You know, we came very close against South Africa. Who have England faced? Oh, we yeah, came
3: very but close Yeah, but that's just the thing. That's that, that. that's, that's could, that, like when you, when,
4: could when come on a late run. One voice, lads. Let, 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 let. Sorry. Go on, Billy.
9: England could win it. They could come on a late run. They, they've been on a very, very bad uh, had a bad time, and they're building game by game. They scraped through yesterday. I saw the game against Fiji. Uh, they've, you know, had one or two near misses in the pool stages. But teams grow as we've seen this Irish team grow under our Andy Farrell, and don't be surprised if England A in the final and B win the whole thing again, which I'm sure the French would absolutely love. I'll pull this tape if if,
4: if you're right, Billy. <laughs> George George Hook said to me, in fairness, before a long time before the tournament started, George Hook said to me that that we would go out at the quarterfinal, and and, and he and he was right, Stephen. Um, <laughs> So, will you be as much up for the Six Nations when it comes around? Or does the buzz go out of a lot of people now?
8: No, I'll be up and, and then some. I mean, like, the, I think half the problem in this country is because we're a small country, we have that small mind mentality. But this team has proven time and time again that we are one of the best teams in the world. They're in the top three at More least. Class. So, I think the Six Nations is something we can all get very up for. And, and, and we have to stop, I think, with the small mind mentality and back these lads, because they're well capable.
3: Mm. Finn, you, will you be excited for the Absolute, Six Nations? 100% 100% and I hope, I hope that the experience that the likes of Sexton and Paul O'Mahony or Peter O'Mahony have passed on to the lads coming through is that exactly. that will make them that six inches taller when they hear Ireland's call being sung and the Irish national in Lansdowne Road or the Aviva wherever we're going to play and I think that the only issue I have with it is I hope I hope that we're sitting here in six years time saying what a great World Cup we've got to the final, we got to the thing and we Progress because if we go backwards now, it would be a shame for mm. the lads who have gone before.
4: Well, well the first six well, nations, uh, Billy, I was looking at the sp- the fixtures list. The first six nations is a way to France. I mean, come on,
9: and <laughs> you
3: know, we can I do it. They we might cure the bud bugs. Like, like, <laughs> the
9: there. I, I hope I'm alive in six years' time, but I, I think that, you know, the public now. The rugby, the real, true rugby people need to get behind this team. Yeah. We should have a great Six Nations. I remember that the, the Munster bandwagon has started to roll again. That's right. The only Irish team to win the trophy last season uh, over the much uh Leinster, etc., etc. And that thing is starting to be, we need more Munster men in the team. And um, the future is bright. I mean, d- d- don't anybody get it wrong. Any team can be knocked out of the one-off game. The future is bright.
4: The future is bright. I agree with you all. Finn, Stephen and Billy, thank you very much. I know it's four fellas talking about a rugby match on a Monday morning, but it was a rugby match that captivated the nation and captivated the city. I was out last night and it was like Christmas Eve. The atmosphere was was something else. I was out on Saturday. Finn, Stephen and Billy, thank you. I would love to get a female take on the rugby and and whether you enjoyed it. It's a joke that two of the four best sides in the world are out because of a draw made three years ago. Roll on the Six Nations, says Kevin. You're so right, Kev. The draw was an absolute mess. All of the best sides in the world, ourselves included, were on one side of the draw. Uh, And the other side, I mean, England are into a a semi-final now, having had really nothing to do. Um, It's nothing to do with hoodoo. Our set piece wasn't good versus South Africa. That was exposed by New Zealand. Well, certainly the um, the line-out wasn't the best the other night Wayne Barnes won't be getting any Christmas cards from Ireland I'll say this straight out as a rugby supporter of many years standing and who used to travel with people like Billy in his days as a commentator and and all of that Wayne Barnes has never been uh, a friend to Ireland and I just I say that as a rugby fan and I still do think no no one has said this to me but I still do think that the fanagaki try. Might just have been a forward pass involved there. Um, Benji, now yesterday Sarsfields won the county and it was brilliant for them. And of course, in the year of Teddy's passing, how fitting it would be that they would win a county at the weekend. And I saw a picture I don't know, did they take the cup to the graveyard on the way home? And there's certainly a picture was on was it on social last night? Uh, this one's for you, Teddy. It was a lovely touch. Um don't forget the GA. Never forget the B- GA. Benji. Yeah? Hey Benji. Yeah? You you're saying don't, don't yes, don't forget the GA. Yeah,
12: that's what I'm saying.
4: Okay. Tell me more.
12: But like 'cause I wrote i I'm ninety six and Ray Day came with the last week and there was nothing but cockhout the Cox-Holton G GA championship.
4: Well there was live commentary on C one and three.
12: There was yes, but one or two years. Yeah, but one or two years.
4: But they're the same. Um, well, they're our sister station. We were advertising it. Uh, uh, yeah,
12: yeah, yeah. And I, we had I, coverage I, of the I, match th- yesterday. I know, yeah, one or two, yeah. But the 96th game Friday, I was listening to radio. There was one word about the Cork County GAA championship, the main sporting event in Cork this weekend. Right. To me, it was enough. Yeah, I do. not know I, like, I just want the you know. Be you, do you
4: watch rugby, Benji?
12: I I, I do, but I, I wouldn't be just. I wouldn't be rugby fanatic.
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
12: But I'd be, I'd be G. I be I be here. How I fanatic.
4: Right. Right.
12: But I just think that, like, see, one or three is a country. Is a country. I know well, they're I know in the, the city too. They're I, in the city yeah, too. I, yeah, I I
4: know that, like, but too. And they have our our live. Just to, just so you know, a lot of people don't. 96FM and C103 are sister stations under the one banner oh, and, and they okay. handled a the sports live commentary do you know what I mean but that look and so they had they had they had commentary Benji thank you we should forget not forget about the GAA it was a huge weekend for them well done to Sarsfields and it was so lovely uh, to be able to dedicate it to Teddy um, Finney was all over the, our, our Finbar was all over the GAA for the weekend our Finbar goes to more matches than some fellas play for goodness sake uh, but Finney was Finney and the team were across it and there was live commentary on C103 and there would have been updates in the news bulletins yesterday afternoon thank you Benji 081896 96 96 um yeah what's this uh, it's, it's yeah oh, sorry PJ Ireland's Call's a rugby anthem but it's not our national anthem who actually flipping cares that's the whole thing. I have loved I love Ireland's call. I do, like, I get a good buzz out of Ireland's call. And yes, it's a sporting anthem, it's a rugby anthem, it's a pre-match anthem, it's not a national anthem. Who actually
1: cares? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing. focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Fox 96 FM. You want the biggest hits? What about a bit of them? Um, real, 90s. Beyond real. A lot people would be like, you want to hear your song? I'm like, yes. Love it. What a tune. You got them right here. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want new music. I want to hear that new tune. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy. I drop is better hit mix on your smart speaker on your phone and on your radio weeknights
4: from eight on courts 96 fm being a non-smoker i, I don't keep much uh not pay much attention to the ever-increasing price uh, of cigarettes but obviously smokers do it's nearly 17 quid now for a pack of 20 they got another kicking in the budget uh, last week um I I did figure had a look at the figures this morning as to how much of the price of twenty is is tax and excise, and it would sort of frighten the living life out of you But Frank, good morning to you. Morning, Peter. How are you? Good. Do you reckon we're being over smokers? Not me. Smokers are being <laughs> overcharged all the time. Ah, it's absolutely,
10: oh, it's crazy, Peter. Um, you're right. Uh two. We'll just take a, a typical two hundred Mayfair cigarettes over-the-counter in an Irish shop, €168. Euro. OK. Right. Now, what the government are doing, by ever-increasing and with the excise and the tax, is they're driving people underground, as in buying the the knockoffs or whatever. But a very simple thing. A day return from Cork to Stansted, midweek, you'll probably get some there for maybe... 25, 30 quid. Probably
4: would, yeah, if you book in
10: advance, yeah, you probably yeah. would, yeah. Yeah. 200 Mayfair, duty-free, in Stansted, 39 euro. <laughs> I know, I know, I
4: know.
10: Yeah. So, I mean, to the pay person to fly one day every fortnight, out of Ireland, bring home their fights for the next fortnight, and off again. A slightly, a, a slightly better one. Where are you going?
4: Where are you going, Dad? I'm going for back in the fags. Where are you going? And just something
10: with the traffic and cock. You probably get over and back faster.
4: It probably would. But I was looking at the figures this way. You're right though, because and it's the same in the in the Canary Islands. I was bringing home cigarettes for somebody there in the summertime, and the ones they wanted were forty-four quid for two hundred, and there was something like a hundred and sixty or hundred and seventy here. Like it's just bonkers. But. Um, I was looking at the the the, the VAT and the excise. So, of the sixteen eighty that you pay for your twenty mayfair here, like right
10: that, and a tenner
4: of it. Uh, more than a tenner, more than a tenner. The percentage of it is seventy eight percent when you put all the figures together. So let me just let me just do this on my little calculator. So sixteen eighty by seventy. Go on, hang on a second now. Sixteen eighty. By 78%. Yeah, um, I'm always afraid to say it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what? You know. uh, it's over three quarters of it. Yeah, yeah.
10: It's nearly uh, 12 quid. Peter, another simple thing. We'll just mm-hmm. say you can get two nights, three days in Benidorm on one of these love holidays, on one of these, right? Mm. Um, flights included for about 300 quid. Yeah, you can bring back. There is no limit once you're inside the EU. That's right. That's right. That's and and right. Fact, they live pro- pro- provided they provided for personal use, that's right. But there's no limit, so you can bring back your 200 at, as you were saying, maybe 50, 60 quid per 200. Yeah. They're
4: more. They're more expensive now in Benidorm and or- mainland Spain because of the. Um,
10: in Benidorm earlier this year I think we were paying about 72 for 200 that's
4: right yeah that's right because in, in the Canaries there's no, no excise at all but you know there's some, there's some in Spain yeah I know we it's, we're fierce, but it's just uh, of the 1680 of that you pay now for 20 smokes 1310 is what you're paying in tax and excise so really you're, you're paying the government to let you smoke
10: but the, gov- the government then will tell you that they have to do this because of EU law and yes but hang on a while they don't they but don't he, have to
4: charge that kind of exercise at all.
10: EU law tells you that BRT is illegal. Nah. Ireland are paying a fine every year because of charging BRT. True. You're correct there. You're no, correct it's, there. It's madness, look. Mm. Absolutely. Ma- I mean, I just I just think that the budget, it's, on paper, it's only brilliant. It looks brilliant for a lot of people. Mm, yeah. But what they did is they give with one hand and take back slightly extra with your... Well, well,
4: well, well, certainly if you happen to be a smoker on the minimum wage, sure, your your raise is gone.
10: But the minimum wage costs the government nothing. That costs the employer. True. True. You know, I mean, I have go on numerous radio including your own. I mean, Paul is livid. Yeah, he is. He because, is safer. because, I mean, his person on minimum wage, which I believe he has very few, very few on minimum wage... Has To enter the shop next door, then with personal minimum wage and pay a higher price to cover their minimum wage, yeah. You know, so you're, 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 you're gaining nothing. I mean, all these one off payments they're all they'll end. But-
4: mm. The ESRI um, did some numbers over the last few days with regard to the budget last week, Frank, and they said that for the average worker, it was about 2% overall increase in income.
10: That's right, and even though they're saying inflation is coming down I'm sorry, prices are
4: not No, they're not, not the, and especially not the price of smokes. Frank, thanks 0818 969696 Some more stuff coming in about rugby, I will get to it Um, But did you see I only saw this Saturday morning Um, I wasn't watching the late late on Friday night um, But uh, um, did you see this at the end of it Um, Paddy Keelty had been interviewing Pat Spillane which was quite a good interview and then he turned to the audience as the credits were queued to roll and he'd clearly written this and it was clearly up on the teleprompter but this was a few words that Patrick Keelty had to say about the situation in Gaza and the Middle East in general and this was impressive
14: There are no words that will even touch the sides on the pain and the loss and the ongoing horror that's been felt by so many tonight, but as someone who grew up during a conflict where the rights and wrongs of politics were always writ large, one common truth was that the hurt and the pain on both sides was sadly the same. We all shared something, but we just didn't realise it at the time, and there were days when we thought it would never end. Tonight there are many parents and children in Israel and in Gaza who also think that this will never end and are praying for a miracle to make it stop. In the midst of despair miracles are hard to believe in but it's worth remembering that we are currently living our own miracle on this island because we are living in peace and for all those in Israel and Palestine tonight it mightn't seem like it but there's always hope and we hope that your miracle comes soon. This has been the late late show. I'm Patrick Keilty. Good night.
4: Super words, superbly spoken, and probably the most I would have thought anyway. Honest commentary on the whole thing since it, since we started talking about it a week ago. There's a fantastic piece in the Irish Times today about about the topic of bullshit. Actually, they use the word bullshit, and and it it focuses on some of the stuff that came out in the days following the latest outbreak in in the Middle East. John, morning to you. Morning, how are you? What did you think of what Keelty had to say?
15: Well, this coming from a, a man whose father was slaughtered, I mean, during the troubles, mother of them called blood, um, and, you know, he's moved on, in fairness, he comes across as a very forgiving individual, even though I said uh, that family saw a lot of trauma, obviously,
10: mm.
15: uh, with what played out uh, in that household. But then um, he was right at the end, but like, what, what annoys me, like, and terrifies me watching Sky News and the other stuff that's on the other channels, pages. what's happening now, look. For i there they were pure scumbags. were not, like we had another our country here, with the area planting b- bombs and killing people. You had know, the real area war the whole lot. We had the UVF, you had the Shankill bombers, you had the paratroopers who killed people, uh, had no business in an urban setting, and more the talking people in Bloody Sunday. So we had plenty of our own terrorism here. Mm. Right. And
4: that's the point that Paddy was making. You know, we've,
15: yeah,
4: we have yeah. you know, a nation that, or at least a part of our nation that has come through that.
15: Yeah, well, I think the thing is now, I mean, look, what happened, as I said, to those poor t- souls in, in Israel was horrific. But what's unfolding now, to me, it, and people probably pick me up on this, isn't it, almost worse, if you can actually say that, because they're going, you know, they're going to an- annihilate Hamas. It would be like the, the British government, Peter, during the troubles, when the IRA were putting off bombs in London, whatever, and they took a decision. Let's go over Thailand now and we'll bomb the living hell out of the Republican area, so to bomb the box Sure, we'll get a couple of rare, rare guys, but look, we'll kill another load of people as well, but sure, as long as we get a couple of rare, that'll be all right. Well, well to be fair,
4: thing. I think, I think Mihal Martin was sitting here in this studio on Friday, and we only touched briefly upon the situation in the Middle East, and that's exactly what he said. He said, look, what happened last weekend was appalling, yeah. Uh, yeah. and Israel isn't allowed to defend itself against a terrorist organisation, but... It's got to stay yeah. within the rules, and yeah, but you, but you see, the problem
15: is, and this is what frightens me more: the future. Who's going to rein in the Israelis? Nobody. The young certainly aren't going to do it. And they talk about war crimes. Hamas committed war crimes. The Israelis are doing the same thing. In fact, it's worse. This is a quite. I mean, Netanyahu has said that they're going to. Uh, Obliterate Hamas, and the only way they can do that is if they live Gaza. They gave well, a well, they're trying to evacuate
4: Gaza now, and they're they being told right, left, and centre. They can't do that. You can't do that.
15: They gave people a million people twenty four hours to get out, and they tapped on another four hours onto that. Even alone for that, how could you move a million people in that much time, sir? You can't. I mean, you've all those poor souls there, no, as I said, look, I mean, sure, if they're going to carry on and if they're going to obliterate Hamas, they're going to kill thousands of army civilians that had nothing to do with Hamas whatsoever, nothing to do with the murder of Israelis, and it's horrific. And what I want to say, I want to see our government, you now, for once he actually, I agree with what you just said about Mihai Martin, but himself and Varad who's now the prime minister of this country, right, and the the president's wife. In fairness, Sabrina Higgins is the only one during the Ukraine conflict, which is still going on. Said, What about peace talks? Claire yeah. Daly is the only politician who stood up in, in, in Europe and in European Parliament and said, Why aren't we being the, the brokers for peace? Somebody has to do it. Mm. We're supposed to be a neutral country, even though it has to be a bit with some of the stuff that's going on in the background. But at the same time, somebody has to call for peace. But like what frightens me, Pages, is who's going to rein in? No the Israelis,
4: no nobody mm, you see this is the thing as well, John. I, I remember I repeated them on Friday here the words of a very wise man that I met twenty five years ago for next January. His name was Timor Goskill. He was a political and historical expert on that part of the world. He was advisor mm. to the u n He spoke six languages effortly this man effortlessly this mm. man and he, I, I asked him when I met him what advice he gives two young army officers coming to meet him for the first time, coming to Lebanon for the first time or people coming over maybe as a force commander or as a, you know, as a battalion commander for the first time and he said he gives him the same piece of advice every time he passed away, he said, the day you think you understand that my friend is the day to go home.
15: Well, this is it. And you see, look, I mean, if, if if your grandfather was put out of his house, like the Palestinians, they were moved out. they settlers must have pushed them to lot. If your grandfather was moved out of that house, and you passed that house every day, Peter, you'd be saying to yourself, that's still our house.
4: Yeah. Oh no, it's 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 uh, it's a horrendous it's a horrendous okay. situation in in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful part of the world, and that's that's one of the saddest elements of it. It's a stunning part of the world with beautiful people, beautiful, gentle, kind people. Lovely people, and and um, it's 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 awful. It's so tragic and so sad. But the words Patrick Kilty's words were so strong, uh, and well well done to him at the end of the day. John, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, to come back to Benji's call. Um, I don't know whether Benji was stirring a bit, uh, but he was going on about the coverage of the GAA here at the weekend. And look, I make no bones about it. I was completely wound up in the rugby for, for, for the weekend and and all that, but. Um, I I did hear some of the county final, alright, but just to clarify and to follow up, Finbar McCarthy, who's leading our team here at 96, had pre-match reports and interviews all weekend. He was live every half hour during the score yesterday with Trevor Welch. Three, half three, four, half four. He was live from the games. He had updates for Trevor. There was analysis after the match. Huge coverage of that big GAA weekend. So, so... That's just letting Benji know that we did cover it. Benji seemed to think that we didn't, but we did. Um, just some stuff on the rugby, some more stuff on the rugby. Johnny Sexton missed a few points on Saturday. He seemed to, he missed one kick. Uh, he seemed to carry an injury, and I also think he had it in his head that we never get out of a quarterfinal. I think if they'd brought on Jack Crowley, he would have been a pair of fresh legs and wouldn't have had this thing about the quarterfinal jinx but it was a fantastic time watching them play for the past couple of weeks. Well done to the lads from D. Thank you, D. 0818-969696. 96 96 96.
1: Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit HiddenHearing.ie. Coach ninety-six
4: FM. Um, it's all about the team. What about the mighty fans? They were outstanding. The fans were brilliant. The fans were brilliant. Um, He's dreaming. Rugby is just a battering ram game. Oh, you know nout about it if you think that. I'll you that for certain now. Um, We don't like it. We love it. Ireland's call. And the brilliant team. Yeah. Then this one from Hardcore Rugby Fan, which is quite a lengthy email. I'll get through uh, as much of it as I can now. Can I honestly say I'm so proud of our rugby team. They played with, to their heart's content on Saturday night. I'm devastated at the result, as I do genuinely feel now was our time to shine and prove to the world that we have what it takes to win a World Cup. In the words of, words of Shane Horgan last weekend, if not now, when? The pressure was on these boys so much, and we all know when you're under pressure, especially when you're in the limelight, can be difficult. Scotland gave us a run for our money physically, The week previously, the injuries with Hanson and Lowe said it all. People have jumped on the bandwagon supporting the rugby. That's fantastic, but don't criticise the lads. They played for their country, for the love of their game, and I think it was pretty obvious they played for the fans. It was evidence in Sexton's emotions at the end of the game. I was watching it on television, but you could feel the emotion from the players as they crumbled. It wasn't like previous quarterfinals. Points were close and we didn't get hockeyed by the All Blacks. Uh, I think people need to look at an important statistic there was analysis done on the minutes top players played during the World Cup Um, 8 of our players have played 340 minutes plus this was quoted on Saturday uh, with Rob Kearney and Shane Horgan the guys looked mentally and physically exhausted one New Zealand player that had played 240 minutes was benched on Saturday you could wonder do they make the mistake of not resting our big guns more before the quarter final would we have been better off to scrape a win against Scotland? Who knows? But come 2027, they'll be ready to go again with the same determination and passion. It was a great game. I genuinely thought that last five minutes, we had it. It was soul-destroying when the final whistle went, but we can't take away the fact that our lads played well. And most importantly, we definitely had the best supporters in the whole World Cup. New Zealand came out to win. They were hungry for it and because of the quarter-final course. We do have to break that sometime. I do think our lads were that bit more nervous. If you look back, New Zealand were very calm and collected during the, during the anthems. The Irish team looked nervous and wound up. We were dealt a raw deal in the group stage but the lads did so well and brought the best versions of themselves to the field all through the World Cup. 2027 will be our, mount, our time to climb the mountain and stand shoulder to shoulder at the top. Thanks from Hardcore Rugby Fan. I'd love to have read that in more detail. But I am running, I am caught for time. Program edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Put your podcasts up ASAP and we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine.
1: Join the
12: conversation.
1: This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing. Focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Fox
12: 96 FM.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.